age, and when you get older, you'll be in the old age of youth. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, but that was fun. We had a good time yesterday at Cracker Barrel. I think we had, between me and my wife, had uh, 15 of us there and uh, had a really good group and had a lot of fun and, and had a birthday party for everybody, everybody's birthday. We celebrated everybody's birthday for the year right there. And so that was, <clears throat> that was good. Uh, anybody else got a prayer request? Yes, sir. Amen. Yeah, we're going to keep praying for him. Amen. Amen. Uh, we're coming any closer or anything? The what now? Uh-huh. Oh. Hey. All right, listen, I understand that. I've been fighting around and around in circles. Every time you think you got everything in, they ask for something else. Oh. Now, Tom is down in Louisiana. Okay. Wow, pneumonia down in Louisiana. Wow, okay. Uh, anybody else? Okay, I don't see them. Let's, let's pray then. Father, I come to you and I ask you, uh, one that's most on my mind right now is, is Tom down here in Louisiana with that pneumonia. That's got to be a rough thing. And, and Lord, I pray that maybe it's, uh, you know, the humidity down there in Louisiana has eased up a little bit because that would make it even worse trying to, trying to breathe, trying to struggle to breathe. And, uh, with pneumonia, but Lord, I pray that you clear it up. If it's pneumonia in the lungs, Lord, I pray that you'd uh, clear that up and take the fluid away from the lungs or out of the lungs. Lord, I pray that you just strengthen him and help him there. Lord, I pray that you bless my dad as he's continued to uh, uh, to heal, to get uh, some more strength. And Lord, I pray that you'd strengthen him and just increase his strength. Lord, uh, <clears throat> for Rachel, reward the... Uh, the, the money that needs to come in. And, and Father, maybe you're delaying the loan process because you're going to send the money yourself and, uh, and uh, in, in another way. And, Lord, I understand how you do those things. And, Father, I thank you if you would do it, and, and we'll trust you to do it, uh, that you'll meet every need there. And then, uh, and then, Lord, I pray for Brother Victory, his leg, that you would, uh, his knee, that you would heal it up completely, totally, that you would strengthen it greatly. Father, please. And then, uh, Lord, I do thank you for, as Miss Johnny made, you know, that, uh, we ought to all thank you that we wake up and thank you that we wake up singing and thank you, thank you for the, the group that we had together, dear Lord, uh, yesterday, the Merry Hearts Club, we call it. Lord, I pray that we do keep a merry heart and keep singing and keep our hearts positive and in the right spirit. Lord, I pray you bless everybody that's in this room and Holy Spirit bless so there's on the way to church this morning. Those are in the other Sunday school classes and and, Father, I ask you to build a mighty hedge of protection around this place. Lord, we need you. We can't do anything without you. So, Lord, please, please guard and protect us now. and Give us wisdom and understanding as we look at your word, please. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. We're going to, uh, if I can get to it, we're going to go to um, the book of, we'll see. We're in Genesis. I started to think I was in Romans, you know, for Wednesday night. But we're in Genesis here, so 
Uh, Genesis chapter 11, I think my brain's getting a little bit confused here, but I'm trying to find my stuff, and I I think you depend too much on technology. No, Genesis chapter 9 is where we're going to begin to read. Genesis chapter 9, verse 1 is where we'll take a look. I don't have anybody really to work there. You think you'd ever find the uh, lights that were dim that up there? Uh, Might be just have just a couple of slides that I want to give you and show you. See if I'm still connected here and see if we'll work. But um, what we have here is, as you can see it, if you, if you can see, it's pretty bright there. But uh, you see just the, the, the word Shinar uh, over to the, to the right, uh, that's what we're going to be talking about that area today. And Genesis chapter 9 verse 1 says, And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. So that's a key statement. He, uh, now they, they've gone through the flood. They've come out of the ark now. That's what the event that we're going to be talking about now is the Tower of Babel. Uh, and so, but it starts all with Noah and his sons. And it starts out in Genesis chapter 9, verse 1. It says, And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. So uh, he's told them, giving them command. How do we end up with all the young ladies? Who teaches y'all you normally? Oh, that's right. She ran an errand for me. Okay. Um, all right. So you get me. Amen. Terrible, isn't it? All right. Uh, so I think we, we did get something up there, didn't we? Oh, that's what it is. The light coming from there is shining on. That's what it is. Light from the windows. I'm sorry? No, that's all right. It's not really that important. I just have a couple of slides. But, but uh, the first thing that we've got to look at, though, is in, as it says, is that God has given them the same command he gave them in the beginning, and that's to go to basic. What the command is is go to all the earth. Go replenish the earth. Go replenish everything that is known uh, as the earth, that is that it's inhabitable there, and uh, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Genesis chapter 9, verse 7. Look at verse 7. It says, and, and, and you, be ye fruitful and multiply, bring forth abundantly in the earth, and multiply therein. So he reemphasized the fact that he, he wants them to multiply throughout the earth. And then you go to Genesis chapter 9, verse 28. Verse 28 and 29. It says, And Noah lived after the flood... 350 years, and all the days of Noah were 950 years, and he died. Um, kind of hard to imagine living 950 years, uh, but anyway, that's, that's, uh, it says that he, he lived that span of time, 950 years, and he died. Now go all the way to Genesis chapter 11, verse 1. That's where we're going to actually get to the, the real topic here. It says, the whole earth was one language and one speech, and it came to pass as they journeyed from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And so that's where we are right here, the land of Shinar. Uh, It's um, uh, pretty much uh, around what's called the Fertile Crescent. It's between uh, the two, you really can't see it that well, in between the two main rivers in that area, and Shinar uh, means basically between the rivers. And so uh, 
it, just to say, you know, this is totally speculation uh, as the exact location. They really don't know the exact location we're going to talk about as far as the Tower, Tower of Babel and Shinar, but they believe it to be pretty close right there. Um, so, and they dwelt there and they said uh, one to another, go to, let us make brick and burn them thruly. And they had brick for stone and slime had they for mortar. And they said, go to, let us build a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And again, this is very key. It says, go to, let us build a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven and let us make us a name, lest, and here's the key, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Now, God, what did God, God commanded them to, to go and to replenish the earth. Now they're saying, hey, to make sure we're not scattered to the whole earth, to make sure we stay together, we've got to unite here. And so, and, uh, and then verse 5, And the Lord came down to the city and the tower which the children of men built. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they began to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. That word imagine is a key word. Go to, let us go down there, confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of, the whole, of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore the name of it is called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth. And from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. And, uh, and again, this is not vitally important, but uh, all right. The, uh, what you have here is just sort of a map now. It's going to show Shem, Ham, and Japheth where they believed that when they scattered, where they believed that each of them went to settle. And so You've got Ham coming uh, there into the, in, uh, the northern Africa, Shem, and, and then Japheth uh, up uh, above. Up, I'm sorry. Yeah, Shem and then Japheth up north. And so, again, it's not vitally important, but I just thought I'd just show it and give it uh, where Shinar was, where the, the three brothers, their, their families, where they were going to go to. Now, uh, what we'll do is this. We'll, we'll look at this event called the Tower of Babel, well, first notice that God had told Noah and his sons to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. This would mean mankind was supposed to spread out and subdue that over which God had given them dominion. And so God said, you got dominion here. And he said, I want you to go replenish the, the earth. Man had been given the earth. Genesis 9, verses 2 and 3, which we did not read, I don't think. But it says, and the fear of you and the dread of you shall be upon every beast of the earth and upon and upon every fowl of the, uh, of the air, upon all that moveth upon the earth, and upon all the fishes of the sea, into your hand are they delivered. Every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you, even as the green herb have I given you all things. And so God said, I gave it all to you. I gave you strength and dominion over it. I gave them into your hands, so to speak. I gave it to you. You have no excuse for doing what I've told you to do. He said, not only I told you to go to all the earth and, and to replenish it, he said, but I, 
I gave you all the food you're going to need. I gave you all the provision. Everywhere that you go, you're in control. So man was supposed to spread out over the world, repopulate the world, the known world, and God had given him dominion and power over the animals of the world so that everywhere they went, they would have food. They would have nourishment. Now, here's the whole purpose behind this, this lesson, what we can learn from this. What does man do, though? What does man do? Man does what man does. And that's this. Man decides a better way. Man has such a tendency, and, and uh, we got the young girls in here today. I just say, you know, this is something to challenge to you when, you, when you're young. Uh, let God be God and let the Word of God be the Word of God and let it be true and actually take it for what it says. Don't, don't read aside it, reinterpret it. Don't do anything to it. Just obey it. It's, it's a real simple thing, but man is so, has such a tendency to try to figure out a better way. God gave a simplest, simplistic order. Go out here, multiply, replenish the earth. I've given everything under your hand. I've given everything into your hand. I've given you dominion over everything. I'll take care of you everywhere you go. But man says, nah, got a better way. Got a better way. Number two, man decides so quickly that he can be like God. That's what man does. Man and his little puny brain, somehow, you're talking about just a minute ago, Brother uh, Ben Singer, professors. These professors come up and they just absolutely know because of their intellect that they got all the answers. Now, they don't have the answers. God has the answer. And when their answer contradicts God, they are wrong, but they can't accept that. Can't believe that. If they can't see it, if they can't reason it, they don't believe it. Man decides so quickly that he can be like God, or at least he can, listen, he, if he's not saying I want to be like God, he's saying I want to get close to God in my own way. Think of that. I want to get close to God in my own way. Now, sin had already become a great influence in this new world. I mean, almost immediately, it's amazing you got Noah that found grace in the sight of the Lord. Noah comes, the, the flood has taken place, they've landed, they depart, they go and they, uh, they, they have a vineyard and Noah becomes drunk from the fruit of the vineyard. Ham sees the na nakedness of his father and some believe from the statement in, in chapter 9 verse 24 that Noah knew what his younger son had done unto him. Some think that it could have been something physical that actually Ham had, had done. Now, a blatant rebellion comes as the people gather together instead of spreading out. Now, here's where the key is. God had said, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. He said, I'm putting everything all through the earth under your dominion and under your power. Here, in a man in his intelligence says, I have a better way. And this is what man continues to do. Say, I have a better way. I've always got a better way. And so he says, uh, you know what? I'm a, we're going to do, and man's way is always the, the, the better way, amazingly, is always the complete opposite of God's way. So God says, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. Man says, let's all join together. What are they saying today, folks? One world government. One world police force. One world, you know, um, you know, even our own president, when he was over Germany a year and a half ago or two years ago, made this statement, 
pretty much uh, toward Christian school system and homeschooling in America that, that we, they needed, des- you know, the America needed to get what Germany got, and that's one school system for everyone. You know why? Because you can get everyone to be just alike. You can create a lot of little robots who will empower you because man thinks if we get together, if we unite, we'll be stronger. They gather together. It's the blatant rebellion that comes. People gather together instead of spreading out. They gather together because they believe in unity. They can become like God. They can reach God through their unified intellect and abilities. They can do it their way, and especially if they gather great minds together, especially if they gather great crowds together. And so it's all an attempt to unify. Then we we go back and and reread again in Genesis chapter 11. When you look at verse 4, it says, And they said, Go to let us... Build us a city and a tower. Genesis chapter 11, verse 4. So you see the pride. This is not about God whatsoever. So I don't want you to misunderstand me. I'm not saying that unity is always wrong. I'm getting way ahead of myself, really. But I'm not saying unity is always wrong. But I'm saying when the unity is about me, unify to me, not to God, that's that's where it's wrong. And so uh, they say, let us build us a city and a tower and and we're going to build this city whose top may reach unto heaven and so if we can build through our own might and our own intellect to heaven then obviously we can do what god can do god's in heaven we'll be in heaven because we have a tower that we built into heaven and let us make a name make us a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth they they said, let us make us a name. Let us be great. I believe here they're saying, the, let us make a name as great as God's name. Let us show that we're able as much as God. God obviously wanted man to scatter and live according to his plan, but man, then as now, wants to unify, that they may become more powerful, that they may make their name great. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 23 says, And I will sanctify my great name, which, is profaned, which was profaned among the heathen. And see, that's what they're doing here. They're profaning the name of God by saying, we'll make our name great. We will basically be equal with God. This is, this is another, uh, uh, just like Lucifer time, you know, where I'll be like the most high. I'll be like God. I'll be great. I'll be... Uh, be, I'll have a great name. And so the people are unifying to make their name great. And the, the way it reads, it's, it's to be great like God. So they're profaning God. He says, which was Ezekiel 36, 23 says, I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen, which ye have profaned in the midst of them. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God when I shall be sanctified in you before your eyes. God's name is the only name that's great. Our job is not to make our name great. Our job is to make God's name great. Truly, and now there's another little thing in here is is that uh, I believe, and I think you see it uh, throughout Genesis several times, but I, I think 
the what is showing here that this whole philosophy of the cities is is a wrong philosophy. Cities were never meant to be. I believe God meant for families to spread out and families to grow. They say that uh, in in the you know in the time after the flood even you know but but families in the old testament sometimes could gather and be as many as 75,000 one family could could number 75,000 people so they would create a city themselves but they would be a family they'd be a family that would take over whole countrysides and in in whole uh, areas and, but they were a family now, that was the congregation that God meant for. He meant for the family to build and to spread. And, to, and they, they had a patriarch of the family, a matriarch of the family. They had, they had that out there. But what happened was is eventually that the people started drawing to a strong man. There was somebody that started gathering other people to them. And this is what happened here at the Tower of Babel. There was one man that began all this, and, and one man that began to draw people to him. And, and they always say it, though. They say it this way. It's not come to me. They say, let us, let us do this great thing. Let us make this great work. Let us build this great tower. And so the cities were just never meant to be. If you if think even reason, even today, where, where is your greatest crime, your greatest sin, your greatest chaos? It's always in the cities. You say, well, it's just because there's more people. I don't think that's the only reason. I think it's because it's, it's a formula that God never intended to be. What, he never intended for you to multiply people together. Uh, we're going to see this in just a second why, but... Uh, when man gathers great crowds to himself to make his name great, truthfully, what he's doing, he's begging God Almighty to come to disperse them. We know in the end time there will be a great movement toward the one world government. Apparently, we're in the, in the end time. This, of course, is taking place right now. Why? Because man believes, listen to this, man believes himself to be stronger in unity with other men. Unity is not wrong, but when it is unity for increased human strength and power, then it becomes wrong. And that's where, where we are today, honestly. It's everything's about get, get it bigger and stronger. Let's all unify. Let's, that's, honestly, our nation is doing it. We, we were a nation of states. Now they're trying to do away with all states' rights to make it one government one federal government that controls everybody in there. Why? Because they believe they'll be stronger that way, they, uh, that we will be more powerful that way. And, and we'll go from that. Let's, let's take all nations together. And because we will be more powerful that way, we will be stronger. Uh, they, they, they believe they'll say in their strength in numbers. Their strength in numbers. Here's the problem. The real strength has never been in numbers. No matter how many times we say it, no matter how much we believe it, the strength is... When you had Gideon fighting 125,000 with 300, was the strength in the numbers? No. The strength's not in the numbers. The truth is, most every time... 
I really haven't ever gone through and counted them, but battle after battle in the Old Testament, you'll find out that the people of God were outnumbered. They were always outnumbered. They, 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 the, the troops coming against them had more power, had more strength, had more. They had, maybe they were unified in numbers of cities and groups that had come against them. And you had this one little nation. That one little nation still exists today. And all these nations want to come against them, but they still live. There's no strength in numbers. No, the, the real strength has never been in numbers. The strength is always found in the man who can be alone with God. The truth is, real strength comes from your relationship with God. And that's the ultimate thing that I think Tower of Babel is going to show us as much as, boy, they, they were going to get strong. Let's gather together. Let's build this tower toward heaven. Let's be strong. Uh, they're going to get dispersed. It wasn't even an army came in and did it. No, it was one called God. Always, there's always a strong man who desires to pull peoples and nations together. Not so people's names will be great or their nation's name will be great. Truthfully, if we know it, so that man's name will be great. That's what's killing our nation right now. Most of the, the leadership for the last, you know, 20 years, I believe, uh, in our nation, they, they've really not cared about the people of the nation. They've cared about themselves. They cared about their own name. Uh, you know, it, it sickens me when I hear them, and, you know, and I'm sorry, but, you know, even right now as, as our president gets up and he starts talking about his legacy. No, look, we don't care about your legacy. We care about America. We care about the people of America. And, but every... You know, they all do something. Every president for the, well, probably much longer, probably last 50 or 60 years especially, maybe not so much. There used to be a time they had different character. Uh, used to be a time when you selected a president that was not running for it. He was somebody that just was at the convention and somebody came and said, hey, we're gonna, we want you to be our president. And he's like, whoa, time out, not me. I don't want to do that. No, we got to have you. And that's how he was selected. Uh, now it's, you know, let everybody run up that's got a bunch of money and say, hey, I'll be the greatest. Uh, that's, that's the worst person to select, and that's all we have to have to select because that's all they're able to get in there uh, is these people that say, you know, I think I'm the greatest, and, and that pride is something we do not need. So they come in there, uh, and they, they come in and just everything's about their name, their legacy, their, you know, how they are remembered. And they're going to do something, uh, pass this or pass that or make this big change because I've got to be remembered. No, God's got to be remembered. Unity of God's godly direction is the right kind of unity. The strong man is always trying to make his name great. Unity for power through human strength is idol worship. Greatness comes in simple obedience to God. For the people say God came and confounded the language. The only reason, now listen, God came then and confounded the language. The only reason that we have not already, I mean, that, that the world has not already come to one world government and been unified and, and already, I believe, already been judged by God uh, the, is because God came and confounded the, the languages. 
the re, you know, when, you, when you travel, the great barrier that you have when you go overseas is the language. You, you may, may agree with somebody about everything, but you can't talk to them about it, so you don't know. You may disagree with them about everything. They, they, it, it's really, really hard. You go there and talk to people, and they understand little bits of English, and you understand little bits of what they're saying. And the, uh, it's like uh, we were in Africa, and a guy ran up to my door. He's trying to sell ne- necklaces, and, and, uh, and he came up, and all these, and I thought it was the very first time I was there, so I thought, well, you know, I'll get some necklaces from my wife and my daughters. And so I said, uh, you know, I said, so I, 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 need, I need seven of them, okay? So he got numbers, you know, he had seven of them. And, uh, but most of what he had had these big crosses on them, and, and I really didn't want the big cross. I just wanted a simple necklace. And so I said, bring me, uh, I, I said, show me everything you got, no crosses, no crosses. And so, yes, yes, yes. I said, you understand me? Yes, yes, yes. He runs back, he comes back, everything's crosses. Everything's crosses. Uh, so I realized he didn't understand. He, he talked, he responded, he said he did. And I found that I, as soon as I, that was my first trip over doing a survey trip the, there for the team that was going to be going there later. And I came back and I told him, I said, listen to me, you're not going to win these people the way you think you're going to. Because you'll get them to recite a prayer and you'll think they understand everything that you're saying, but they don't. You'll get them to say, mimic, parrot words. I said, you, we don't want to do that. Too many people have done that for way too long. I said, well, it's going to take time. And, and from that point on, everybody that I won over there, I would have to sit for 45 minutes or an hour to make sure that we understood this simple term and that, uh, that I'm understanding what they're responding back to me and that because they would just, oh, yes, yes, you understand me? Yes, yes, understand, understand. <laughs> no, you don't, all right? And, and it's, it's just the way it is. And, and it's the same way for me when, you know, we went to Mexico and, and, and uh, you know, I'd learn a couple of words. And as soon as you use a couple of words there, then they would start talking to you. And I'm like, you know, a deer in the headlights because I don't understand anything that they're saying. So it's real hard to unify if you don't understand people. And God said, I want the world to live and, to, and people to do what I want them to do. So you know what? Uh, language also brings borders. If you can't understand each other, you're going to move to people you can understand. That's just the way it is. And so... Scripture says that they, that in unity they will accomplish all they imagine to do. Remember that word imagine? The word imagine is basically used to mean evil they invent. Evil they invent. And so God says, you know, as long as they come together and they can understand each other, he said it's amazing how far they'll go in the evil that they can invent. Man does not come to righteousness and good when he, when he unites for strength and power, he comes to evil. When man unites with men for strength and power, that's going to come to evil. The answer is always uniting with God. When men or a church unite because all are looking for and to God, they unite while they're on the same journey. They unite because God is one God and all who seek him will arrive at the same destination. 
And so they get stronger and they can unite because they're all going on the same journey the same way. Genesis 11.9 says, Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. You see, what he commanded them to do, finally the people of this new world are made to do what God had commanded them to do in the first place. He commanded them just to go and replenish the earth. And it had been so simple just to obey that. So what is this for us to learn? It'd be so simple for us just to obey. The greater strength is going to come from obedience to God. It's not going to come from, from the ways that we can, we can figure it out. I'm going to preach about it in the next hour. We just have a couple minutes here before we're going to uh, quit here this morning. But, but uh, uh, we just don't, so much man tries to figure out. I'm, I'm going to give in the next hour so, you know, a couple, of, two or three survey, statistical surveys. And it talks about why people come to church and why people don't come to church and, and different things like that. But three different surveys and, and said, spoken in different ways, talking about why people, either churched or unchurched people, why they come visit church, why they come to church. And one of them will give 10 ways, and one will give 13 ways, and one nine way, you know, reasons, and, and uh, it goes all through that. But none of them, not one of them, and I'll give you a little, y'all in my class so you get a little head start, none of them mention they came because the Holy Spirit spoke to their heart. It's all the ways that man, all the things that man can do. Now, what man does in the church is very important. But boy, it, it, my, well, I was speaking to somebody yesterday, and I'll be done here, but I told them, I said, you know, there's, there's some areas of the world, some places that, uh, well, let me compare it like this. Maybe you understand this. And I'll be, when I was running the sailor ministry, I would talk often to the guys who were running bus routes. And the guy who's running the bus route says, man, I'm going to have 500 on my bus routes this week. Really? Wow. How many do you normally run? We normally run 150, but we're going to have 500 this week. I said, great. How are you going to do it? Uh, well, you know, they may be going to have pizza. Maybe they're going to the zoo. Maybe they're going to have watermelon on the bus, you know, maybe, you know, going to have goldfish and they're going to swallow some goldfish. And I, and I would say, and you know, the truth is, most of those guys would get there, they'd get 500 to get close to it because they gave out some kind of gift. Now, am I opposed to that? No. My problem was I was in a ministry where I'm working with 18, 19, 20-year-old primarily sailors. Did you know I couldn't get one more sailor by swallowing a goldfish? I wasn't going to bring one more sailor by telling him, hey, I'll give you a slice of pizza on the bus because he's got a paycheck. He can go buy his own pizza. I wasn't going to, I tried. I even tried one time. I went and I got, a, it was in probably the early 90s, and I got a 1986 Ford Mustang, black Ford Mustang. A guy gave it to me to give away as a promotion. 
And I told the fellas, I said, this weekend we're going to have, we're going to give this away. We're going to join for everybody that comes down. If you bring, for every man you bring with you, you're going to get an extra ticket and all that kind of stuff. We didn't have any more than we normally have. You know why? Because it was a few years old. Those boys, if they go get my car, they go up there to get, you know, beat out of their money, but they'll go to some place right off base and they'll get them some hot rod and, and they'll run on down the road. They don't need my old junk Mustang that I got. You know what I found out? If I was going to get them, it had to be God. God had to bring them. He had, God had to give us our big days. God had to bring our people. God had to bring our crowds. He had to. Now, does that mean we didn't visit? No, we kept visiting. We went as hard as we could go. We could only go four hours a week. But we went for those four hours. We didn't stop. But we knew the whole time we were out there, God had to bring us. So, our strength is not in others. Our strength is in God. And we're done. We got about 18 minutes before our uh, main service, and hopefully you'll be awake by then. Turn the lights on, please. Oh, good.